Hello, I'm Iris Nichols and welcome to Wellbeing. Obesity is a still a major problem in our community and can lead to all sorts of health problems. So how can we tackle this problem both from the community point of view and from a personal one? With me in the studio today are two people who will be looking at this problem from both of those aspects. My first guest is surgeon Dr Tim Wright. And Tim, thanks for coming in and talking with us. No, thank you, Iris. It's a pleasure. Obesity is a fairly major topic as part of your practice. What are some of the problems that patients come in with? Well, they come in with a, a huge variety of different problems, and patients uh, seek uh, obesity surgery for their own personal reasons. But as a health professional, most of the reasons that we do obesity surgery for is because we know that weight loss through obesity surgery will actually improve comorbidities such as diabetes, hypertension, joint problems. A lot of my patients have significant back problems. They're not able to move around very easily and weight loss uh, gives them that freedom uh, that they can uh, move around and join, join uh, the community. Uh, uh, they can go shopping without feeling uh, embarrassed uh, and we know for a fact that obesity surgery does improve uh, quality of life immensely for these people. What are the, are the major causes of weight gain? Well, I think it's fair to say that it is multifactorial. Um, we know that there is a genetic component to weight gain. Uh, we think about 30% of people's obesity is due to their genetic makeup. But in fact, over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, we know there's been a massive increase in the obesity epidemic, and we know that that cannot be due to, to the genetic makeup. And it's, uh, it's got to do with things like a reduction in overall exercise and an increase in uh, uh, high-calorie foods, um, fast foods, uh, video games, TVs, the internet, all these things have contributed to uh, a society where uh, children and adults now uh, do very little exercise and eat too much of the wrong sort of food. What about people who are confined to, let's say, for a wheelchair person um, who doesn't get as much physical exercise as they might? Does that also prove a problem for them, the weight gain? It certainly does, and uh, some of my patients have come to see me a few years after having a significant injury where they are no longer able to uh, exercise as much as they used to, but unfortunately their food intake has remained the same, which means that with uh, a much reduced uh, uh, exercise rate, then their, their weight is going to go up, and it does go up steadily over the years. Uh, Obesity surgery, however, um, generally reduces the food intake, um, and so uh, even for people who are confined to wheelchairs, obesity surgery is still a good option for them. Do you sort of feel you're the, the last chance that they've got to do something about their weight, or um, they've sort of tried other diets? Do you ever sort of feel you're at the end of that chain? I do feel that I'm at the end of the chain, mainly because in the past, uh, obesity surgery has been considered the last resort, and I think this is wrong. Um, obesity surgery should uh, be considered the only resort for, for many patients. Uh, once people have a body mass index uh, or, or a severe obesity problem, 
where they're at least 40 or 50 kilos overweight, then there is no way that uh, diets and exercise programs is going to be uh, beneficial in the long term. And uh, it's well known now that the only treatment that will help those sort of people who need to lose that sort of weight is actually surgery. Unfortunately, obesity surgery does have a bad name for itself and over the years there have been a number of different operations with unfortunately appalling side effects and complications. And that's why it has in the past been considered a last resort. But uh, nowadays we now have much gentler operations, simpler procedures with very low risks and the one I'm talking about is gastric banding. It is an easy operation to perform. It produces very good results and uh, has very few side effects. And my view is that this should be considered the best option for many people who are still being told, unfortunately, uh, that surgery is the last resort when it shouldn't be. How do you assess people who, um, who are suitable for gastric banding? Uh, first of all, I invite all, all people who are being referred to me or people who are considering having this sort of surgery uh, are invited to a free information seminar. And I tell them about the effects of obesity, how it's bad for your health and what your options are. I tell them about different types of surgery and I tell them about gastric banding as well. And I tell them about the possible risks, the complications and the benefits. And once they've um, heard all this, then they can make their own mind up whether they wish to come and see me. And when I see them, uh, I make a, a, a full, take a full history from them to make sure that they're reasonably uh, healthy to have an operation. I will refer them to an, an anaesthetist for a preoperative assessment. And they will all see my dietician for at least an hour before having surgery so that they know exactly what they're letting themselves in for. What I don't do is a psychological assessment. There isn't a lot of evidence that psychological assessments can determine which patients are going to get a good result and which ones are not. Um, and that's basically how I assess the patients. So what actually is involved with having gastric banding? A gastric banding is uh, a keyhole operation or what we call a laparoscopic operation. Uh, it involves putting a, a plastic uh, ring around the top of the stomach and this creates a very small capacity for the stomach so that when the patient eats they eat uh, very small amounts. They have to eat much slower than they're used to. They have to put smaller amounts in their mouth at any one time. They have to chew it a lot more and they have to wait between each mouthful and by putting the band in, it makes them feel very full after only a small amount of food. And over a long period of time, say one to two years, they will gradually lose weight. So once they've, they've had the procedure, they don't have um, immediate results? They sort of, there is a, a time lapse between having the surgery and starting to see that they are losing weight? Well, the, uh, the most rapid weight loss is actually in the first few weeks. And this is because there is some swelling from the surgery and that produces most of the restriction. Once the swelling has settled down, uh, it's necessary for the patient to come back and have the band tightened. And we can do that because at the time of operation, we put a little adjusting device inside the patient, which we can access with a needle and syringe, a bit like having a blood test. 
and we can inject saline into this ring to make it tighter. Um, so the procedure uh, is one part, and it's the follow-up that also uh, gains a lot of the uh, weight loss over a period of about two years after surgery. So from the time they first come to see you to the time when they can say, look, I've lost all this weight, I'm looking now like Amanda looks, um, what sort of time lapse is that? It's usually about two years. And after two years, we don't see the patients very much because they don't need their band tightening or adjusting. Um, and their weight loss usually has plateaued off at that stage. And we usually find that they've lost about 60% of their excess weight after two years. So that's the figure I usually tell patients. So from then on, it's what they eat rather than how much they eat and, and how they go about it? Yeah, essentially they're always going to be restricted in the volume of food that they're going to eat. If we loosen the band for any reason or have to take it off, then we know that the patient will put the weight back on. So we usually leave the band as it is, with the fluid in, the, the right restriction for that patient. Uh, we don't take the band out. It is meant to be for life, but it is important for people to realize that a gastric band can easily be removed. So if in the future a drug company came up with a medication for obesity, then we would be able to take the band out. And I think this is why a lot of patients like the idea of gastric banding. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and I'm talking with Dr. Tim Wright. My other guest today is Amanda Tully, a young lady whom I must say looks a picture of health with a neat, tidy figure. Amanda, thank you for coming in, and welcome to the program. Thank you, Iris. Thank you for asking me. Tell me about what you were like before you were referred to Tim. Uh, before I was referred to Tim, I was overweight. Um, life became increasingly difficult at work. Um, I'm a nurse. I'm on my feet all day. Uh, I became less tolerant. My mobility suffered. I became resentful of thin people because uh, you can't go out in public nowadays. There's a lot of uh, increased pressure, social pressure about being overweight. Uh, life in general just became very depressing, I found, and hard. Did you think that by going to Tim that this was the last resort for you or was it recommended earlier in amongst other things you were trying? No, I found this my last resort. I'd tried many weight loss programs. They all worked, but in the end I gained more weight than I had when I first started the weight loss program. So at that stage I thought this was my last resort and I'd try anything and it has worked. I'd definitely recommend it to anybody. How did you come to hear about gastric banding? I had a friend at work that had had it done, but from then on I went on to the internet and researched, and then I spoke to my GP, who was extremely helpful, and from there went to see Tim. Once you went to see Tim, how long was it before you actually went to surgery? With me, it was only a matter of three weeks, I think. It was very quick. So I had researched and made my mind up that this is what I wanted done, and was quite happy with this and quite happy with the surgeon. So, yes, it was only a three-week period. And how did you feel immediately after the, the surgery? And I'm not talking about the days of recovery, but in the first weeks after. Immediately after, I felt extremely relieved. I was relieved I'd had it done and that I could have it done. I did experience a little bit of discomfort with the surgery, but certainly within the first 24 hours, that was gone. 
my whole outlook on life became it just seemed to change overnight it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders that yes I can finally lose this weight and keep it off so did you have support from your family to do this Yes, I did. I had a lot of support. There were a few people that I didn't tell because a lot of people have trouble with the idea that you're having obesity surgery and for some reason they think that you need to be morbidly obese to have this operation done. Uh, so there were a few people, yes, that I didn't tell, but my immediate family, yes, they were very supportive. So when you, you went into the hospital and you had the surgery, how long were you in hospital for? I was only in hospital for less than 24 hours. So it was an overnight overnight, s- yes. overnight stay? Yes. And then you were off work for how long? Two weeks I had off, but excuse me, I'm a nurse, I'm on my feet and uh, quite a hard day's work. But I think if you're an office worker or maybe you had a less strenuous job, you could be easily back at work within a week. When you think about looking back on it, did you find that you were ready to have it done in your head as well as having not just the idea of losing the weight but to actually go in for the the whole procedure. Did you have much problem getting ready for that? No, I had no problem. I definitely was ready. I had my mind set on losing the weight and I think once I found something that I knew would permanently keep the weight off, it was just a trigger in my brain and it's just helped. Amanda, would you mind telling us how much weight you've lost? I've lost 44 kilos. I was 110 kilos in a size 18 and I'm 163 centimetres tall. Now I'm 66 kilos and a size 10. <laughs> and I must admit that you look absolutely fantastic. It's, it's um, a great recommendation. Thank you, Iris. <laughs> Tim, how do you feel when you have people come back or in this instance coming to talk to us publicly about it how do you personally feel about your success I I know that uh, there's a lot of surgeons who are really not very keen on getting involved in obesity surgery there is some skepticism about it even among surgeons particularly GPs as well but I must say that I don't think I would have continued to do it if I hadn't got the buzz out of seeing patients so grateful with this sort of surgery. There's not a lot of surgery that I do that where patients are so grateful uh, as the, the lap band patients. And I think that's why I continue to do it. From your own point of view, how long did you take to train to do this? I first started training in 1998 when I was still a trainee surgeon and um, have just continued to do it since then. And I really got into the swing of things when I came to Newcastle four years ago and uh, started doing large numbers. Um, Before that, I'd probably done about 50 procedures. Uh, I've now done over 350. And what sort of success? Because you wouldn't say that everyone's been a success. No, I wouldn't say that everyone is a success, and I think all surgeons who do this surgery will have a handful of patients who generally have not succeeded with this operation but I have to say that the vast majority and I would say it's more like 95% of patients get good or even excellent results Um, so yes you do get the odd ones who have not succeeded um, but that's the same with all types of surgery. Do you find that the people who are not successful um, is part of that is psychological as well as physical? There are a variety of reasons why people don't succeed there's 
clearly some patients will cheat the band, and you can cheat the band. And I do tell all my patients before surgery that they can do this because they work it out from the, for themselves. They can just drink high-calorie liquids, and chocolate and ice cream are the, are the big... Uh, uh, no-nos in, in our patients. Um, if you habitually eat a lot of chocolate, uh, ice cream, or even alcohol, then uh, you're not going to get restricted with those sort of foods. Um, and the band only really restricts solid food intake. And so all the patients are aware of this. And in fact, surprisingly or not surprisingly, whichever way you look at it, uh, very few patients actually cheat the band. There are specific problems with bands and Bands can slip, bands can get infected, they can uh, erode a hole into the stomach, uh, but they're very rare and um, you usually can uh, uh, rectify those problems by redoing the operation. So uh, even though the bands do have their complications, they're usually easily fixed. Approximately 10% of patients will have to have some sort of uh, further surgery Either the band's not right or the little device that we use to adjust the uh, bands is not right. Um, most of those problems that we do get um, are easily rectified. So there's very few patients who end up without a band at all. There are a significant number who, who have to have two bands. But yeah, we, we do get uh, a few problems, but uh, uh, they're not usually serious. And they're certainly not as serious as the complications that we used to get with the stomach stapling and the other um, older operations that people perhaps still remember. It's probably the, the stapling surgery that people are most familiar with and, uh, and as you say, that there, there has been a failure rate and complications with those things. So it certainly sounds as if you call it lap banding. Yeah, lap banding or gastric banding is, is uh, in my view, the uh, safest uh, operation. It's uh, got the uh, best safety record of all operations. It's keyhole surgery, it's adjustable, uh, it's easily reversed if necessary. Um, and um, if you compare it with gastric bypass, uh, in terms of weight loss, it produces uh, almost as good weight loss uh, after three or four years. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and I'm talking today to Dr. Tim Wright and Amanda Tully, and we're talking about gastric banding. Tim, are there any risks involved with the procedure at all? There are actually very few risks. Um, of course, all surgery carries risks, and, and there is a mortality rate for all operations. With gastric banding, the operative risk in terms of mortality is probably about one in a thousand which when you think about it, for these high-risk patients, it's not very high. You compare it to the mortality risks for other procedures like stomach stapling, it's certainly a lot higher. We do get a few complications with gastric banding, but uh, generally they're easily fixed. Um, and uh, the vast majority of patients, 90% of them, uh, will not get any complications at all. They'll be out of hospital the next day usually. Um, and back to work within two or three weeks. Tim, when the patient starts to lose weight, how does their body react to not having to haul the excess weight around? Well, most of the time the patients uh, will be on just liquids for a couple of weeks and they feel quite tired and drained. But once they start taking solid food in, 
their energy levels are actually greater than they were before surgery, mainly because they have lost that weight. And they don't have to carry around a couple of bags of potatoes in weight uh, along with them. And we actually encourage patients to start exercising, usually at about three weeks, and to continue exercising for the rest of their life, really. Um, we know that with the restriction of food intake with the band plus exercise that we'll get better weight loss results. Amanda, how long after you had your surgery did you start to feel that you were losing weight? I actually lost uh, seven kilos in the first week and I only did a minimal amount of exercise in the first few months and from then on as I started to lose the weight I realized oh this is great and the exercise just it's a natural high when you go and do your walk you come home a week later you're on the scales you've lost another kilo I have to say it's the easiest diet I've ever done <laughs> it's the easiest diet I've ever been able to maintain and I certainly recommend it to anybody it's my life's just become much easier as Tim says it's not like hauling around extra bags of potatoes your whole personality your well-being everything benefits when you started to lose weight how did you cope with the sort of leftover skin that was from your big weight to to what is now a, a very lovely weight I'm thank you I'm actually very lucky I only have a minimal amount of spare flesh on my stomach and just the what they describe as your tuck shop arms but they're easily disguised in a t-shirt or a um, I certainly don't walk around with my belly hanging out of my jeans, so it's a small price to pay, I felt, for the weight loss and the well-being that I feel now. Tim, do you find that some of your patients do have a problem with sort of leftover skin? Oh, certainly. Um, uh, some of the patients that I've operated on are in excess of 200 kilograms, and they've lost something like um, 80 to 100 kilograms in weight. Now, obviously those patients are going to have a lot of excess skin and they do uh, ask me for a referral to a plastic surgeon. A lot of the time they need major plastic surgery to, to get rid of the extra skin that, because of the uh, vast amount of weight that they've lost. Um, so you really need to go and see a plastic surgeon who uh, has a specialised interest in body lift surgery. The main problem really with that sort of surgery is that it's, um, it's very expensive and uh, it is considered cosmetic surgery so it, it's fairly costly. Fortunately um, I would say about 80 to 90 percent of patients with gastric banding don't seek that sort of surgery because it's a slower weight loss than other procedures and uh, it does allow the skin a little bit of time to, to uh, shrink back as they lose weight. Um, now, as Amanda says, she does have a little bit of excess there, and that, that's uh, fairly common with most of the patients, but it's not excessive enough for them to want to consider plastic surgery. Do you have an age limit for patients? Is there an upper and a lower yes, age? Yes, yeah. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to uh, have a cut-off based on age alone. Um, in general, though, I don't like operating on patients much over 60, mainly because... Uh, they're likely to have had their obesity for a very long period of time. They may well have developed quite a lot of serious health issues because of that, and they're going to be at a higher risk uh, having an operation. Moreover, we've also found that the older patients don't lose quite as much weight. So perhaps 
the benefit-risk equation or balance is, is not quite in favour of anyone having it done much over the age of 60. Now regarding the lower age, um, that's even more difficult to uh, uh, have a clear cut-off. We used to have um, a cut-off of 18, but nowadays it's quite obvious that because we've got a simple procedure, it's reversible, it's low risk, I think uh, that many teenagers now are being referred for this sort of surgery, and I personally have operated on two 13-year-olds with very good results and certainly don't regret it at all. The kids themselves have adjusted to it satisfactorily, obviously? Yeah, the kids, um, I think for the kids particularly, it's important to uh, have the backing of a paediatrician. Perhaps uh, those are the sort of patients who do need the psychological uh, input beforehand, uh, whereas most of the adults, I don't think it's necessary. But perhaps kids, yes, we might need to have psychological support for them. Now, is this procedure available on, on national health or is it only through a health fund? Well, it depends where you live. Many uh, hospitals uh, are simply not doing it because it's very expensive, but uh, um, it's generally up to the uh, local health authority as to whether they offer it or not. And I know that there are some hospitals around who are offering a limited number of procedures per year. But in general, I think people need to be aware that it's not generally available. Do the health funds cover it at all? The health funds do cover um, this procedure. They do recognise it. Uh, it's not classified as cosmetic surgery. It's definitely uh, classified as a, as a procedure aimed at uh, improving health risks, and so health funds are very keen for people to consider this. Um, most centres who are offering this sort of surgery in private hospitals are charging out-of-pocket fees, um, so you need to uh, certainly quiz your surgeon as to how much they will charge you. Uh, patients refer to you from a GP? Yeah, as a specialist, all patients need to have a referral from their GP. Interestingly, though, if you ask the patients whose idea it was, it's almost always the patient who's gone to the GP for the referral. Now, the response from the GP can be quite variable. Uh, what I've noticed in the last four years is that the GPs have gone from uh, abhorrence to uh, uh, mild uh, encouragement uh, now, now that they uh, know that gastric banding is much safer than all the other procedures that have gone before it and that it actually works. Uh, so GPs' attitudes have changed, but I still find that most of the time it's the patient has come because they've seen it in a magazine, they know someone who's had it done, they've seen it on TV or they've just seen it on the internet. And I think the internet now is a, is a big source of information for, for people. Amanda, finally, final question for you. You're obviously very happy with your results. You would recommend it for people who really do have a problem losing weight? I would definitely recommend it, yes. I don't feel at any time that I'm missing out on anything. There was a stage there where I thought food was a crutch and if I had this surgery I wouldn't be able, I would lose that crutch. Uh, but at no time in my life since I've had the surgery do I ever feel deprived. Uh, I have no restrictions on my diet. I just eat a smaller amount of food. And I would most definitely recommend it to anybody who seriously considers having the surgery done. And I'm very happy. 
I think that's a good enough recommendation, don't you, Tim? Oh, I'm happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) My guests today have been surgeon Dr Tim Wright and Amanda Tully, who is obviously a very happy patient from having had gastric banding. I'd like to thank you both for coming in and spending the time with me and talking about the procedures and, and the results you've had from you. Until the next time we meet, this is Iris Nichols thanking you for listening and from all of us here, we wish you well. <laughs>